In the last decade, it's become easier than ever to find romance without leaving the comfort of your couch. Online dating sites and apps have become increasingly popular, but there are still New Yorkers keeping it old school in their dating lives. Today, we're delving into the world of matchmaking, relationship coaching, and speed dating in New York City to find out why some people are taking a less conventional approach to modern dating. Hi, I'm George Bodarki, and this is Cityscape. In a moment, we'll meet Maria Avgatidis of Agapi Match, who comes from a long line of matchmakers. Then we'll talk with Cher Gottman, known around town as the NYC wing woman, about how she's helping men improve their romantic lives. I can give men the female's perspective on what we actually want in a man. Finally, we'll chat with Hugh Heisel. He's the owner of the social event service, The Men Event. He'll tell us about how he helps the eligible gay bachelors of New York City find love. Even during the pandemic, we switched to Zoom. And the Zoom's platform worked really, really well with the breakout rooms. I could send people on private dates. Our first guest is Maria Avgatidis, the CEO and founder of Agapi Match. Her family boasts four generations of matchmakers, and Maria has worked as a matchmaker in New York City for over a decade. In an era defined by swiping right and left to find love, Maria provides her clients a more personal service to help them find their perfect match. Maria, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you for having me. So not everyone can boast that matchmaking runs in their family. Can you tell me a bit about how your family got into this business? I think that there are more people than you know that have this in their blood. But um, specifically for my family, I think I can I could speak only for my grandmother. I could say more about my great grandparents as well. But, you know, my grandmother, she was just really the best person at making coffee in her village. And when you make the best coffee, you learn all of the secrets. And not only was she really good at making coffee, she was very good at keeping secrets. So when the time came when people would say, who do you think my son should marry? Who do you think my daughter should marry? You know, she knew which families had debt, which families had acquired more land, you know, who's already has a secret lover on the side that maybe we shouldn't be matching up. Like there were things going on and, you know, she was very good at setting people up on that. Of course, what she does and what I do is very different. You know, what my grandmother did, she set up people usually in the same community or neighboring villages and people that lived in a pretty homogeneous society. Everyone was Greek Orthodox Christian. Everyone kind of grew up similarly. Everyone had the same diet, same definitions of their own values and morality. What I do in Manhattan on a different island, not the island that my grandmother was from on a different island, is I, I meet strangers and I try to make sense of their dating fatigue that they've experienced through online dating. And or if, if they can't even participate in that, some of my clients might be politicians or celebrities who can't participate in, you know, some of the more popular dating trends, dating technology. And I pray to God that they get married sometime in the next three years. How would you say the dating world has evolved over, say, the last two decades? Well, the Kinsey Institute has specifically said that the last two decades, um, dating has shifted from, I think they said from an evolutionary perspective, like how we search for mates has fundamentally shifted for the, for the first time in a very long time. Um, you know, people, you know, prior to 1990 or even 1995, people didn't necessarily think of, you know, um, let's say, oh, how tall is he? or what religion is he? Because you tend to meet someone organically. If you met a friend at a bar, at a, uh, specifically at the open bar at a friend's wedding, 
you wouldn't think to, you know, that person that you're meeting, oh, does he look six feet? Like it, that doesn't cross your mind. If you're vibing, you're going to go out. Um, and similarly, you know, if you are restricted to a religion, prior to 90, 1995, you would participate in, you know, those subcultures, you know, let's say you're Hindu American or Jewish American or even Greek American, you would participate in those subcultures activities and social events to meet mates. And what online dating has done is given people the ability to do search query and it's made people a little bit more selective but also a little bit they've taught it themselves to be pickier because there is a paradox choice situation happening right um but when you have too many choices it can actually hurt you from you know choosing the right person or even or even making a decision when you first start working with a new client how do you get to know them to help them find love so it's a, it's, a, it's a multiple day interview, um, some with just me, some with another member of my team, and then the whole team together. And what we try to learn is their dating history and their dating expectations, but also, you know, their personality. We want to learn about their values and their lifestyle. You know, so much of what makes a good match is revolves around your compatibility in financially, uh, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, and we try to cover all of those aspects whenever we're meeting the client. And part of that interview is also to discover if we're the right matchmaker. Your first match has to be with your matchmaker. And so I've always said, at least at my company, that if we're not the right matchmaker for you, we will introduce you to the one that is. Because I know who my colleagues are. I know who they can represent, you know, in a more confident manner. So we try to discover, you know, dating history, dating expectations, lifestyle, values, and also can we match them? How do you go about finding matches for your clients? Well, luckily, um, I ha we have a database. So anyone could join our database for free. You know, you go on our website at agapimatch.com and you can join our database. But how I think I go about it, I've always believed in inbound marketing, not outbound marketing. So I'm not the matchmaker who's going to run down a subway and give someone a card. That's, that's truly not who I am. Instead, um, I've always tried to give free dating content. And how I do that, I, I really utilize social media. So Instagram, TikTok. Um, I also have a podcast, Ask a Matchmaker. And by providing dating content and just being helpful, I think that shows people that there is some magic in matchmaking. And you know, I hope in turn, if someone is interested in being considered as a potential match for one of my current or future clients, um, they can just join our database and at least just be considered. Over the last year or so, how did you and the other matchmakers at your business work around COVID-19 safety restrictions to help clients meet new partners? You know, in March and April, um, like everyone in New York City, you know, we were all very scared and, and, but we were also very confident, like not to, not to get worried that you know, dating has been recession proof and we knew that dating would be pandemic proof. And, and sure enough, on, I remember the day because I happened to give birth to my daughter that day, uh, my second child, but on May 20th um, of 2020, I remember suddenly all of our clients and then new clients started asking to be, um, to be set up even through Zoom. Like they were very open to Zoom dates. And from May 2020 until the end of 2020, we set up 300 Zoom dates, 200 of which met for in-person dates. And we coordinate, and in my office, we coordinate both the first and second date. That's how we, we worked around it. And we worked around the comfort of our own clients. 
Besides matchmaking, what other services do you provide? We provide coaching. Um, in fact, uh, matchmaking, we, my particular office tends to represent heterosexual men, although we have worked with, um, with gay men in the past. Um, we, with, our, with our women who want to become clients and take a more proactive approach, we have a really great coaching program called the Dating Refresh. And in that program, we give our women the tools to meet men or women um, like a matchmaker. Uh, so like learn, teaching how to be your own matchmaker. And, um, and then also we provide online dating support as well within that program. So a lot of women, I think a lot of women get really discouraged by online dating because it's exhausting. You accidentally fall in love with a stranger you haven't met or you waste your time talking to someone who's going to ghost you. Like I get it. So instead, we have someone on my team whose entire job is to online date for you. She goes through all those emotions for you. And all you do is experience the best part of online dating, which is the first dates. Is there such a thing as a lost cause, someone you just can't find a match for? I don't necessarily think it's a lost cause, but I think sometimes people might lack either self-awareness or, um, or they... Or they don't understand that I, I, I could find the person they're looking for, but they'd also have to be looking for them too. And sometimes those things don't align. And I try, you know, I think, I think any business owner, especially when it's like personal consulting services like this, it's all about managing your client's expectations. So if I can manage those expectations, we'll be fine. Have you been to many weddings of clients that you successfully matched up? You'd think, you'd think, but a lot of my clients um, don't invite me. Like, I, like they'll say stuff. I've seen some of my clients. In, in fact, I just had a client a few weeks ago in the New York Times vow section, but they never say that they met through a matchmaker. It's like, oh, they met through their friend, Maria, or huh. um, they met through a friend, Marissa, like we'll change my name or something. And um, like, they don't necessarily say I met through a matchmaker. I think most of our clients pay for the confidentiality of that. And, uh, but yeah, I've been to a few weddings. I've been to a few baptisms and christenings as well. Um, that's, that's always fun. <laughs> that's really great. How rewarding is this for you? You're like a real life Cupid. Um, well, you know, I like to say that I'm a businesswoman first and a matchmaker second. And I think that's what makes me a good matchmaker because as a business, I have to select who the right client is. If I was just a matchmaker first, then I would say yes to everyone. And I think some people would be really disappointed because that means that I might not have matches for them, right? But because I consider myself a businesswoman first, I think it's really important to make really good business decisions and choosing the right person. And that for me is the most rewarding part of the job is being able to find the solutions that, for the people that I can actually help. What's the Matchmakers Alliance? So the Matchmakers Alliance is one of two trade associations in North America. Um, I'm actually one of the co-founders. I started in 2012 and 345 matchmakers belong to the matchmakers alliance um and it's essentially um you know it's a place where matchmakers can connect and collaborate so you know if someone hires me for instance i always look at the alliance to say hey are there any amazing people in your database that may have not signed up for my database who might be a match for my client i wouldn't want them i wouldn't want my client to miss on a, on a good match because someone else signed up with another service at one in the morning on a saturday instead of mine so the Alliance gives not only my company, but other matchmakers um, the opportunity to um, collaborate with other matchmakers to the benefit of their client to sincerely leave no stone unturned when matchmaking. You referenced the matchmaking your grandmother would do. What island was that? I don't think you said. 
Oh, she is from the island of Alonisos, which is in the Scorades island chain in the northern Aegean. Great. Maria, thank you so much for your time. Thank you again for having me. I so appreciate the opportunity. You can learn more about Maria and Agape Match at agapematch.com. As Cher Gottman's clients know, sometimes your romantic strategy just needs a woman's touch. Cher is known as the NYC wing woman. She helps men in New York City improve their dating lives and keep relationships thriving after their first date. In a line of work often associated with sleazy pickup artists, she provides her clients with a woman's perspective to help them learn how to impress prospective romantic partners. Shara, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So you were an actress before you became a dating coach. How is the process of auditioning for roles similar to dating? That's a great question. You know, when you first go on a date, you kind of are auditioning for the role of being someone else's boyfriend or girlfriend, right? You're coming in and you're trying to show that person that you are the best one for the job. So they're actually very similar when you're going in for an audition and acting. You know, you want to show that you really you're the right one. And same thing with dating. And so you, that's why when you go on dates, we always say, you know, put your best foot forward. We don't want to talk about all the negatives. We want to talk about the positives. We want to come in, make the person feel excited um, and enjoy having you around. So they want to see you again and again. What inspired you to become a full-time dating coach? <laughs> it's a great question. You know, I actually was a psychiatric registered nurse and I worked in that field for about six years and I loved it. But I saw that so many, um, so much depression and anxiety stemmed from poor relationship habits. So I actually went on to become life coaching certified and I just really loved, um, I fell in love with, with dating in general. I was always that person that all of my friends would come to for advice. I had two older brothers growing up and all the guys would always like all my brothers would ask me advice and all of their friends would ask me advice. And I was a dating coach for all these people before I even knew that date coaching was a thing. And so uh, when I moved to New York City, I realized like maybe, you know, maybe I could do this on the side for fun. And so I opened up this little business and it kept growing and growing. And before long now it's, you know, it's my full-time job. We have three other employees and um, it's just amazing. And we're helping so many people and I just love it so much. What kind of research did you do going into this business so you can specifically coach men on finding partners? <laughs> so actually, yeah. So I think because I'm a female coaching men, I'm a female dating coach for men specifically. So I think I have like an upper hand, which is great. So I can give men the female's perspective on what we actually want in a man. And I have done countless hours of research. I've um, interviewed thousands of women, literally trying to figure out what women actually want. Like so many guys think, well, girls just want the bad boys, but it's not true. We actually want good guys, but bad guys become so attractive because they're just so unapologetically themselves and so authentic. And that's just become such a turn on. And so um, I've interviewed so many women and I teach guys, I actually offer something really fun in one of, in my packages, which is called a mock date, which is where guys get to go on a real date with a real single girl. But the only difference is that afterwards, they're given full feedback as to everything they did well, everything they didn't do well, and how they can be a better date. So they're really getting that that truth. They're not just reading a book or hearing from a guy what they think women want. They're learning firsthand what we want and how to give it to us correctly and, and the way we, we want it. What would you say are among the biggest mistakes men make when it comes to dating women? I think one of the mistakes that, you know, guys make when it comes to women is 
they don't necessarily, they sometimes they, they don't show their feelings as much. And women show, we show our feelings, right? We usually are, are a lot more open and guys kind of played off reserves. And so we don't necessarily know if you're into us or not. And by doing that, we actually build this wall against you and we end up feeling like, well, he's not into me. So I'm not going to bring my wall down because I don't want to get hurt. And so that actually ends up making a lot of guys in the friend zone um, because they have this imaginary wall between them. Um, but another thing that guys do, I think, is that they end up um, just kind of just being really nice. And I, I hate to say it, not nice in a way where they're just, they're not being their true selves. They're doing whatever the girl wants because they really like this girl. And but they're not really being who they are. And that ends up making us feel like you're either you're needy or it comes off actually as manipulative because we feel like you're trying to get something from us and we don't feel like you're really who you are. Girls, our whole life, we're brought up thinking like we have to be aware of our surroundings. Our moms always say like, hold our hands when we're out. Like, don't talk to strangers, like be aware of, of men. And, you know, that's always our biggest fear. So when something feels off, if a guy doesn't feel like he's being authentic or real, then all of a sudden, like, boom, like something's going to go off inside of our head and we're going to feel like something just doesn't feel right with him. And um, a lot of times guys are just trying to be what we, they think that we want us, that they, that we want us to be, excuse me. Um, but they're not being themselves. And when you're yourself and you're just so odd, like, so yourself, it's so authentic. It's actually such a turn on. So how do you teach a man to be more like himself? <laughs> That's a great question too. You're full of great questions <laughs> actually. So we have a full um, course that they go through. It's an eight part program where we go through confidence training, how to become more confident in you. Um, they work with different coaches to really like own, own in on themselves. And being able to say like when someone asks you what you want, being able to say what you want, but still maintain that, um, like that integrity and that kindness as well. Do you help men develop their online dating profiles or improve yes. their online dating profiles? <laughs> that is a big part of it. So um, unlike matchmakers where they just get you the date, we help you get the date yourself. And so we go through your whole online dating profile, give you a full audit as to like everything that's working, everything that's not. And a lot of times it's actually the photos that are huge turnoffs. So having good photos is so, so important. So there's a few kinds of photos. I'll say, you know, you'll want a good, clear, close-up photos. We don't like like the gym selfies or those like random bathroom selfies. Like those are a no-no. And so many people have it, like so many do. Um, and like the muscle shirt without the shirt on. Like we just want to feel like you're, you know, you're, you're confident in yourself that you don't need to do that. So I want something where it's clear, right where I can see you well, nothing blurry, like a smiling photo where it's inviting and you seem like a nice person to be around. And then I'll say, have a photo of you that's full length where I can see your full body. I see what you look like. Um, I say, do one with maybe with friends. Like if you're a guy, other guy friends, it's kind of going to make you, um, us feel like, oh, he has friends. He seems normal. He seems cool. Um, and then I would recommend doing an activity, something she can comment on. So if you love golf, if you love tennis, like doing some sort of activity where she can actually comment on that, it can start a conversation and gives her um, an easy access to you because she thinks like, oh, we have this in common already. So showing that you like to do things is great too. Um, but then we also go through the profile, the messaging, all of that. So we teach you how to message, what to say in your own way. Um, 
and just how to start, you know, enjoying the dating process. Because in reality, dating is supposed to be so much fun. And I think um, people forget that. But it really is supposed to be an enjoyable experience for all. What are some of the most common reasons men say they come to you for your advice? A lot of times they're getting friend zone or they're just getting first or second dates, maybe, but they're not getting the third or fourth dates or the lasting relationships. That's usually why they come to me. How do you think COVID has impacted dating or will continue to impact dating going forward? Yeah, COVID definitely impacted dating a lot. You know, in the beginning, people weren't, they would meet online and then they wouldn't want to meet in person. So they would do FaceTime dates. And um, now I think things are starting to open back up. People are starting to actually get out there more, but it's not still not quite back to what it was where people were just going out all the time. Um, I think being able to win someone over on FaceTime, which is something we actually do work on as well, is huge advantage because if a girl is already excited about you just through talking with you online and then they're going to be even more excited to see you in person. Um, so just, you know, I do recommend if, if a girl is worried or a man at first and you want to kind of talk and get to know each other like do a facetime date maybe like set up the set up a time to talk have drinks together virtually and and make it fun because in the end it's not supposed to feel like an interview it's supposed to feel like a fun encounter so make it one what makes for an ideal first date i think an ideal first date is really finding a connection with someone else because if you are having fun the most important thing is having fun no one wants to go on a date and feel like Ugh, like this was so boring or the guy is just talking on himself the whole time. He's not asking me questions or he's asking me so many questions. This feels like an interview. We just want to go on the date and feel like I met someone that I feel like I have such a connection with and I'm having the best time with. And honestly, it's not as much about what you're doing, but how you are making her feel. And so you can be out at the most fun place, but if you're not having that fun banter back and forth and that chemistry, then it's not going to be a fun experience. But you can be at something totally low key, like drinks at a bar, but have the best banter and have such a great conversation. And she's going to want to come back for a time and time again. Sure. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. It's great speaking with you. Learn more about the NYC Wing Woman's services by visiting nycwingwoman.com. Could you find a date in less than 10 minutes? Attendees at one of the men events Gay Speed Dating Nights are aiming to do just that. Hugh Heisel founded the social event service to provide opportunities for gay New Yorkers to hang out, network, and maybe even fall in love. He talked with Cityscape producer Abby Delk. Hi, Hugh. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. So I was curious, what was your first experience with the world of speed dating? I began uh, my company, The Men Event, uh, in 2004 uh, as, at a request of the Times Square Alliance. At the time, there were no gay anything left in Times Square. And uh, I was having lunch with the president of the Times Square Alliance. We were talking about growing up in and around Times Square and the various gay things, because he's also gay. And we talked about our history of places we went that were part of our youth and growing up. And we realized there's nothing left. And I was doing a lot of promotions for Broadway shows at the time. And of course, the gays liked the theater. So we did a lot of gay promotions. And he said, you, you know how to reach the gays for theater, create something gay for Times Square, and we'll support it because we can't have it leave the recipe. It's been here for hundreds of years. It might have been illicit at some point. But uh, it's very much part of the, the life 
and the the liveliness of Times Square, we can't have that leave. So uh, I took two months and then I launched the very first event, which was uh, after work networking party, where we took over straight places over the course of uh, several weeks. Um, and that went on and then I began to do singles events and saw that there was a real desire for singles events because uh, they were very well attended. And so I started to look for uh, a very specific event that would meet the needs of my community uh, and allowing them to meet new people. And so I looked at various models and a friend of mine who does, uh, or did at the time, he did straight speed dating. He taught me everything I needed to know and he was our guide and I actually paid him as a consultant to get us started. And that was in 2009. And we've been doing speed dating ever since. I've done probably close to a thousand events I've made lots of couples. I've married them off myself. I'm an officiant. And although it sounds, the whole concept sound like it's fodder for a, a sitcom where things go bad, because we've seen plenty of those, it actually works that uh, people who are not necessarily uh, great at meeting people, they might be more introverted. They're forced to sit down with a stranger and have a short conversation. And generally they open up and find out that they have what it takes to have a lovely conversation and the sky doesn't fall and they can leave the event with uh, a stronger life skill to meet strangers. So why do you feel it's important to have a dating and social event service that exclusively caters to the gay population in New York City? I, well, that's a good question. I think it's important because there are, there's a need from our community. No one else is meeting it right now. Um, as far as the kind of events, the live in-person events that are uh, focused on singles. And so I saw that there was an opening and I was able to provide a service and it, it is doing well. Uh, even during the pandemic, we switched to Zoom and the Zoom um, platform worked really, really well with the breakout rooms. I could send people on private dates and they didn't have to do anything with their computer. They didn't have to touch a button. They didn't have to you know, click anything. And so that worked. And then now people are just aching to do things in person. So my in-person events are doing uh, quite well. Would you consider keeping that Zoom virtual element to your service in the future, even post-pandemic? Sure. I'm, I'm currently doing that now, actually. Um, one of, I do uh, many themed speed dating events um, and many different age groups. And the the 55 plus has voiced to me that they would prefer to keep it on Zoom because they don't have to leave their homes and it's just more comfortable for them. So we're gonna to continue to service that community um, through the Zoom speed dating. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have other events for them to attend as well if they wanna get out of the house. So is your service just catered towards gay men or is it more inclusive of the entire LGBTQ population? What's your kind of target demographic? No, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I wish that I could provide services and events that would be attractive towards perhaps the lesbian community, for instance. But in my research and in speaking with other people who are leaders in that community, there's a real need for authenticity, if I said that right, um, that it really needs to be sincere and led by and for and created ex explicitly you know, exclusively for the lesbian community. And that's not me. And I don't know anybody like me that creates these events for the lesbian community. And I wish I did, because I get asked that often and I would love to be able to refer them. So if someone is listening and would like to create events, reach out to me and I will uh, 
refer people to you if I get uh, questions about that. We do have other events that aren't exclusively speed dating. They're networking parties or get-togethers. Uh, we have uh, an event that's a pool party where we take over a, a pool space. We have a, a laser tag and bowling that we that we offer. We have uh, a variety of learning um, events, uh, virtual tours. We used to do a lot of in-person tours at the Met and at other museums. We have a painting party in the park. Those are open to everybody. You don't even need to be part of the community. We have, we have friends that come along with. But in terms of the dating, right now it's just for the Met. So what advice would you give to someone who's coming to one of your speed dating or social events but hasn't before? If they're stepping into speed dating from the Met event, what should they expect that night? <laughs> they should expect that they will have a lovely time it will be low stress. And I actually take a stock of their feelings as we come in. I, I have everybody who's brand new raise their hand and I issue a, a very warm welcome. And I say, you probably have feelings right now and you have multiple feelings that you've had all day. You're, you're excited, you're scared, you're ashamed, you're thrilled, you're um, a, a little trepidatious, uh, but you're also happy that you're doing something forward moving in your relationship seeking. And I acknowledge that all these feelings are valid, but I'm gonna take very good care of them. And at the end, they're going to realize that they had a lovely time and they'll probably recommend it to other single friends that they have. All right, Hugh, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Great talking to you, thank you for your time. Check out upcoming speed dating and social events from the Men Event at themenevent.com. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. My thanks to producer Abby Delk. Our music is courtesy of bensound.com. I'm George Boldarki. Thanks so much for listening. Listening.